morning we're going to talk about the I Am series. Pastor Landon has just been giving us incredible messages on I Am. And this morning it's I Am Amazed. I'm amazed at the indescribable, unfathomable love of our God. We're going to talk about Colossians. And Colossians written by the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And he's concerned. He cares about the Colossians, his flock. But he's got a challenge. He's in prison in Rome. It's his first imprisonment. And to accomplish what he really wants to do, the goal that he has in his heart for Jesus Christ, he, in the first book of Colossians, in Colossians, rather, chapter 1 and 2, the first chapter, he talks about who Christ really is to the church to encourage their hearts. This is a tough time. Christians aren't all that popular. You can tell because their leader's in prison right now. Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, our prayers for you are always spilling over into thanksgiving. We can't quit thanking God, our Father, and Jesus, our Messiah, for you. Now, if you have any doubt about who Jesus is, the man who wrote most of the New Testament through the power of the Holy Spirit says very clearly in that verse, Jesus, our Messiah, which means Savior. We keep getting reports of your steady faith in Christ. And he's saying, man, you guys just hang in there. And I want to commend that. And the love you continuously extend to all. The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack. In other words, he says, you know your purpose, and you're not slackers. You keep a taut rope on hope. Read it. That's what it says. And then he says, hey, you know, because the message that's in your hearts, it's true. I see it living among you today just as much as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. The message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger. And you know, throughout recorded history from the time that Christ was put on the cross, people have tried to kill the messenger and then the message. But every time there's been persecution, it's grown stronger. So these verses are speaking truth to us just as it has for you from the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing. You've been hungry for more. You know, senior pastor says the people that he's able to really raise up are those that are thirsty, those that are hungry, those that want to grow in Christ. God will honor that. It's as vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Epaphras. He is one reliable worker for Christ. I can always depend on him. He's the one who told us through love and has been working in your lives by the Spirit of God. So he says, hey, there's this worker, and this guy is faithful, and this guy loves. And then you get into chapter 2, and he says, hey, I want you to realize something. That I continue to work just as hard as I know how for you guys. And also for the Christians over at Laodicea. Not many of you have met me face to face. Of course not. He's in prison. But that doesn't make any difference. You see, because he's praying, because he's loving. And there is no distance between God and him. 
There is no distance between his prayers and you. Our prayer team here is so important. Please take advantage of it. Not many of you have met me face to face, but that doesn't make any difference. Know that I'm on your side, right alongside you. You're not in this alone. If I could, if I could have anything come through this message, there's, a, there's several points we're going to talk about, several biblical principles today. But know that you're not alone, that God is right along beside you. With our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're never in life's battle alone. I want you woven into the tapestry of love. Hear it again? God's saying, you all make this incredible tapestry, this beautiful tapestry of love. And that's what people need to see. In touch with everything there is to know about God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest. You see, people don't realize what Christianity offers. It offers a confidence in your belief system and then also a peace that passes all understanding, a rest. God's great mystery, Jesus Christ. All the richest treasures of wisdom and, and knowledge are embedded in that mystery of Jesus Christ and nowhere else. You can look all over the world, and we're going to talk about that today. But the true mystery, the true life, is embedded right in Jesus Christ. And we've been shown that mystery. Just imagine, of all people in the world, we're most privileged to have a personal, living relationship with the living God. We know that Jesus died for us. He says, I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off to some wild goose chase after other so-called mysteries or secrets. I'm all a long way off from you. It's true. There's a great distance. And you may never, ever lay eyes on me. But believe me, I'm on your side right beside you. You see, you need to know that in life. Just you never walk alone. So let's look at this mystery this morning of God's amazing, indescribable, and unfathomable love. Let's say, I am amazed at the love of God. At the heart of the good news is a mystery hidden in ancient scriptures. In other words, there from the very beginning to the very end is a thread that goes and tells us about the love of God. And now it's exposed to the whole world through you. Through the life of what the church is called the Holy Ones. And we're holy because the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. So the number one principle I want to tell you today about is the mystery of God's love is written in the tablets of your hearts and lives. And you may be the only Jesus anyone else ever sees. Remember how the distance was with Paul? They're not going to even make me lay eyes on him. And yet he says, I'm going to be right beside you. Well, there's a message there that Jesus says, you may not physically lay eyes on me, but I'm right there beside you. And guess what? It's written on the tablets of your heart and your minds, and you are that Jesus to everybody else. They may not accept anything else. And this is important. But we also have to be accompanied by others who have answered the call. See, you all have answered the call. You've all shown up. You see, we enter here to worship, but we leave 
to go out there to the mission field. You've answered that call. You're all missionaries in God. And Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not for the guy up here just speaking. All of you speak into the hearts of others. I want to show you a picture of a bridge. I want to ask you a question. That's a, a, a rock or a stone bridge, isn't it? Tell me, which stone is it necessary for that bridge? You see, you're that important to God. And we're going to talk about that through Scripture, the proof text of Scripture today, that you are lively building stones. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Come to him, which is Jesus, the living stone. You see, he was the chief cornerstone. The Bible says very clearly, Jesus is the chief cornerstone of the church. So it says, come to him. He was rejected by people, but accepted by God as chosen and precious. Many of you have been rejected by people, but are accepted by God as chosen and precious. Like living stones. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm going to read this verse, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Like living stones, let yourself be assembled into a spiritual house, a holy order of priests who offer up spiritual sacrifices that will be acceptable to God through Jesus the anointed. Like living stones. You know, this building is built out of dead stones. It's not the church. But when you leave, you lively building stones, and it says it right here in Scripture, you're the church. So I'm going to tell you there's a misnomer in American Christianity. You can't go to church. You are the church. Everywhere you go, you take church. Really get that in your head. You are a lively building stone chosen by God. And every time you assemble, two or three gather together, guess what? You're having church. The scripture is clear about it. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people set aside to be a royal order of priests, a holy nation, God's own, so that you may proclaim the wondrous acts of the one who called you out of inky darkness into shimmering light. We're not just talking about a 100-watt bulb here. You know, any time that anybody came into the presence of God, they could look at him. That light was so incredible, they could not look at it. So that shimmering light we're talking about, that's the power of God living inside of you. An amazing light that is in your life that you can give to others. It says, so get rid of some stuff. Don't carry any baggage with you. Get rid of hatefulness or deception or insincerity or jealousy or slander. Be like newborn babes crying out for spiritual milk. Again, being hungry. Milk that will help you grow into salvation. And if you've tasted and found that the Lord is good, walk with him. So, so Paul is fond of calling the church the body of the risen Jesus Christ, and rightfully so. Because all the hopes, all the dreams for the future are concentrated in Jesus Christ himself. And now that Jesus is one to be the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit. And now those hopes and those dreams are in the church. He dwells in us. Here's the second point this morning. Well, actually, I'm going to tell you a story first. I'll tell you the story first. 
And this is an abbreviated story of a young woman named Kirsty Boher. As a youngster, Kirsty suffered every kind of hardship and neglect imaginable. These dark acts towards her life were attempting to hold her back from the Father's love, but nothing would be able to keep her from the loving Heavenly Father. As a survivor of abuse, she becomes a beautiful reminder to all of us of how powerful and unconditional the Father's love really is. There's nowhere he can't reach. She says, I'd been exposed to unmentionable trauma and abuse from a very young age. And I began to think it was normal. By the time I was 14 years old, I'd begun to mask all of my emotions and put them down inside and partying and drinking and doing drugs. And then after high school, I, I didn't really have any plan for my life. A friend of mine was going to get a job at a club, and I thought that she's crazy. But I decided to go with her one night, and the night manager of the club stated how much money the girls could make. Back then, in that moment, Kirsty was ready to step into any lie of their life. And a battle raged inside of Kirsty, and she lost more, and she lost more, and she lost more of herself into this lifestyle. She tried to drown out that battle in the only way she knew, but nothing would work until one night when Kirsty had her first deep encounter with the Father's love. She said, one night, I went to go see the Lion King at a theater with some of my friends. And there was a part where Simba's dad is up in the clouds and says to him, remember who you are. Can you imagine? We're talking a Disney movie. We're talking a broken, abused, degraded young woman. And through that one line, remember who you are. Christian says, I felt like they were saying it to me. I thought they were saying, remember, I see you. And I see who you are. Remember the beautiful child you are to me? I love you just how you are. Come back to me. She was stunned. That night, Christy felt God shatter all those walls and speak with her heart. But the enemy kept on attempting to crown Christy with an identity of lies. Can some of you relate? God had a precious truth and a purpose to speak into her life. In the Bible, it says, you shall hear my voice and you'll know it's me. John 10, 27, my sheep respond as they hear my voice. I know them intimately. As they follow me, I know who they are. Isaiah 30, 21 through 22, your ears will hear the sweet words behind you. Go this way. This is your path. This is how you should go wherever you must decide whether you turn to the right or the left. I will go with you. And then it says in verse 23, or 22 rather, then you'll get rid of all the worthless idols clad in silver and your despicable images plated with gold. You'll destroy those idols, idols and discard them and, and they'll be like filthy rags to you. You'll say, get out of here. In the Bible it says, you shall hear my voice and you'll know it's me. And at that moment, 
I knew there was someone else who loved me. Kirsty recognized that it was God who was speaking to her. I never knew God loved me so much and every part of me. He loved me. Kirsty knew this love was everything her heart desired. Her heart yearned the encounter for love, but she didn't know how to get love. One key puzzle piece was missing, and she would keep searching until she found it. And she searched in every religion and philosophy that she could possibly get her hands on because now she's thirsty. But nothing came close to the indescribable, unconditional love she encountered in a moment. Because one day, a friend, one day a friend came to Christy and began to share how Jesus had transformed his life. See how important you lively building stones are? He told me that he'd given his life over to Jesus. He started telling me about God and Jesus and what they were doing in his life. It really flipped everything I thought I knew on its head. Now, remember, Kirsty had searched in every religion and philosophy that she could get her hands on. And Kirsty stated, this God that I had created for myself just wasn't living up to what my friend was talking about. I really kind of got scared. I really thought I knew who God was, but I didn't. I find myself in the bathroom saying, Jesus, if it's you, better come into my heart now because I don't know what to believe anymore. Her words called out to God, bringing Romans 10, 13 to life. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Kirsty believing her friend's words because of the transformation she saw, now had a friend that shared videos and information about God with her. He began to disciple her. She yearned to understand everything she could about God. And God comforted her. And let her know it was okay if she didn't understand everything right away. And though she didn't understand everything right away, there is one thing she knew for sure. God was now her loving father. That loving voice she had been seeking all those years in Jesus Christ, he was a puzzle piece that she'd been missing. I understand now that I had to make the choice to follow Jesus, to give my life to him. And as soon as I did that, there he was, and now he's here, and he's with me every step of the way. And she became the founder of Beautiful and Loved, helping others get out of that lifestyle. See, Kirstie's story is about the power of God's unconditional love and the transforming power that love has and the inspiration that comes from others who are willing to share. Once she did not understand how beautiful she was, now she stands in her true identity. Now she stands in her true identity. I know who I am. Empowered to fulfill the purpose that God has given her. She's there now to encourage others. And Kirstie's heart says this. To encourage others in this industry to get out through prayer, through personal stories, through relationship in the Word of God. And she's there to help them realize that they're loved, they're valued, they're created with a purpose. Beautiful and Loved is a ministry founded by her to help bring women to experience a breaking chains and healing old wounds through a personal relationship with the living God. There are many people around the world who are not aware of how beautiful they really are. False identities spoken in their lives through abusive situations, bullying, 
trafficking. But there's a God that reaches out, and he did it through a Disney movie. See, the world's view of love is this. It can be illustrated by the following love note. Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I felt since breaking off our engagement. Please see you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart, so please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. P.S. Congratulations on winning the lottery. See, that's the world's view, right? What can I get out of you? But the Apostle Paul says something different in Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from the glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through the Spirit of God. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts and trust in him. Your roots will grow deep down into God's love and it will keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ through it, though it is so great that we can't even fully understand it. Then you will be made complete. Remember we talked about being made complete? With all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. So you don't have to do it on your own. You invite the Holy Spirit and he does it through you. Now all the glory who is able to the one who is able through the mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. You see, when you come to God and you know who you are, God will do more than you even imagine or could think because that's the kind of God we serve. Congregation, we love. Maybe you're here today and you've been battered around by this world. And it's caused you to forget your true identity. Maybe you've been abused or misused by others who only saw you as an object that they could use for their own gain. Whatever the case might be, please bow your heads with me and say this prayer with me. Please stand as we pray. And I want us to say this out loud. I want us to say this as if we now understand our identity in Christ. Dear Jesus, today I declare by your holy word who I am in you. I am chosen by you. I belong to you. I am loved by you. I am loved by my heavenly Father who sent Jesus to pay all of my debts. Amen. Now please hear this verse as I read it to you from God's holy word. From 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are chosen. Set aside to be a royal order of priests. A holy nation. God's own, so that you may proclaim the wondrous acts of the one who called you out of inking darkness into shimmering light. Please let me pray this blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may he cover you all with his holy name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And everybody said?
Amen.